Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast. The Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. All right, back with the Replant Bootcamp. Excited to be jumping back in. As a matter of fact, I'm excited. In just a few days, I will be seeing you in person. Yes. And so yeah. the next episode will be an episode recorded with us in the same place, probably in a hotel, I imagine. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited that we'll get to do that together. We'll be at the North American Mission Board Replant Summit in somewhere, Missouri. I can't remember where. Greenwood. Greenwood, Missouri. South of Lee's Summit, Missouri. Okay. None of that means anything to me. But. In the Kansas City metro area there we go kansas city metro area yes and the burning question in your mind about the location is do the people there have teeth <laughs> yes <laughs> yes this has got to be better than the the last hotel we stayed at in missouri jackson yeah i think we got some hate email about that one i'm not sure <laughs> no man i'm excited we've got over a hundred folks who have responded to attend and we have made a lot of preparations to socially distance and keep everybody safe and so pray for us that everyone stays safe we're going to encourage replanters and encourage those who work with replanters and i'm super pumped about this year's summit methods and models of replanting and it's going to be great and i can't wait to see you again face to face it's been a while i'm trying to remember the last time but we're gonna have a couple podcasts together so pretty pumped about that yeah the last time i think we saw each other was in march right before everything really escalated the ams training in atlanta yeah yeah actually if you can make it happen there is still time to register i believe and you can meet us up there we'd love to see you absolutely So one of the things that I believe we're going to see increased need for on the other side of all of this COVID stuff is more replanters. I I believe we have already had a pretty huge need for that, but I believe a lot of churches are going to be in a position where they're going to need a replant revitalization pastor. So we have this survey that we worked on published through NAM that we hope you've already taken. If you haven't, we'll have a link in the show notes for you, or you can just go to churchreplanters.com, click Am I a Replanter, and then click Take the Survey. And you can take that survey, it'll take you about 10 minutes. It'll give you a whole awesome customized PDF report on there. Then on the very last page, there's an article that you need to read that Bob wrote talking about, okay, so you took the survey that you have the characteristics and qualities of a replanter, but how do you find a place to replant? I had a phone call just this week with a guy from all the way across the country who has planted a church and is considering being a replanter and him and his wife are open to it being pretty much anywhere in the country. And and so we had a long conversation about what that might look like for him So I know there are going to be more guys as they take this survey or whether they take the survey or not, or maybe they've had to resign from a church as we've talked about that even recently. And now they're looking for a place where they can lead. 
not only did I have a phone call yesterday with a guy, I just had coffee with a guy today who was talking about, hey, I am convinced that this is what I'm called to. He took the survey and said, the survey affirmed for me that this is my calling. It showed me yeah. a couple of areas that maybe I could grow in, but it affirmed for me that this is my calling and this is what I need to do. So we talked through some options today at having a cup of coffee. So talk us through, Bob, if you didn't have any red flag shining, you feel confident this is your calling. If you're married and your spouse says, yes, I affirm this, this is where we're going. You've talked with wise counselors in your life that know you and they say, yes, I would affirm this calling in your life. How do you go about becoming an actual replanter? Man, I would love to say that there's this app that's like uh, Tinder for replants and replanters. Swipe left, swipe. Yes, but there ain't. That's the, one of the number one questions we get is how, do, how does the church ask us, how do I find replanters? And the replanters say, how do I find a church? The first thing I want to say, Jimbo, is, and this might especially be true for the guys that are not currently engaged in ministry, but the seminary guys who have are, you know, been in the process of preparing for full-time ministry. And they may be at a larger church, a more contemporary church, a healthier church, a church that has some size to it. One of the things I would want to say is confirm your call by going and serving a struggling church right now. Don't wait. Do it right now. Here's a true story. I changed my major about four times in college. First, I went and wanted to be a like a, a basketball coach, an education guy. So I love science. I won first place in the state science fair. So that's pretty awesome. Nice. And I, we had a great basketball team. So I thought, hey, this has been great. I want to go be a, a science teacher. And then they have this class your sophomore year where you go and actually visit in a high school or a second middle school. And you actually get to sit in there and take notes while the teacher's teaching. And Jimbo, you know what that did for me? It confirmed that I was not called to be a teacher. <laughs> what am I thinking? Yeah. Yeah. I had so, a similar experience when I thought maybe I needed to be a bivocational pastor and a professor at a college. And I got an opportunity to do a little bit of guest teaching in a few classes and it confirmed for me, I do not want to be a college professor. Yeah. So there's nothing better than finding a struggling church and taking your wife. And if you have a couple of kids, and going and being part of that church right now. Yes. Right. You don't go from like the big church with all the programs and all of the great stuff and the multiple staff and great restrooms and great bulletins and all that kind of, kind of stuff. That's not an easy transition from that to a replant. So my encouragement, especially if you're not connected with a local church, if you're in seminary, even if you're like a, a person who's evaluating the call to ministry, go check out the churches in your local area, talk to the associational leader and say, where's a church that's struggling that I need to, that I could go and just be a part of, be a good member and help. And then yeah, come alongside I, that pastor and don't look to preach, but just look to help that church as a lay person and serve them. And one, the pastor will be super glad that you're there, but two, you'll really confirm your call. Yeah. I want, you could even take that a step further if the opportunities are there you could find a church in process of revitalization or replanting and ask that pastor if he would lead you in a residency process. 
Yeah. Even if he, so listen, even if he has no idea how to do that, if he's open to the idea, then contact us or have that pastor contact us and, and we can help equip him on a way to kind of create a residency process for you where you could go and experience all sorts of things at a smaller church where you would serve for a little bit in children's and youth and senior adults and whatever. You get exposed to those things. There'd be a reading list and it would help you become more exposed and equipped with what replanting is. And so you might come out on the other side of that with a much better understanding and equipping for that. There's a guy that we did a residency with because very qualified guy, master's degree in church planting, but he had only experienced very large churches. And so he had no idea what it was like to be in a under-resourced or limited, a much more limited resource church where you can have a huge idea, but man, you better figure out how to pull it off because we don't have the budget for it, the people for it. Everybody's already serving in seven different ways. And so you can't just go, hey, we got this great new initiative. Let's build a team, have a budget, do it. And he did a 10-month residency with us and just answered in view of a call two weeks ago at a church revitalization and has already called me and said, man, I'm so glad I did that 10-month residency because it helped prepare me for things already that I'm walking into. And so there could be a great value in just getting that exposure and equipping but if you can't find a residency or a pastor that feels ready to do that, just being a part of that church and a good member and serving uh, and worshiping there and having your family there will help either confirm or let you know that you're not supposed to be a replanter. Absolutely. I would say to Mark Halleck's uh, starting an online residency, there are yes. residency programs going online. So you got 40 weeks of training. Even if the pastor can't train you or doesn't want to train you or is intimidated about training you, you could do your own self-paced training with Mark Howell. We'll put the, the residency link in the show notes and you could just go through the coursework by yourself or there might still be time for you to sign up because I think it was going to begin in September. So that'll be the first thing is go be a part of a, a, a dying and declining church right now. Second thing I would say is consider context and location. So context, urban, suburban, town and county seat, rural, those are your contexts, right? So some of us are urban guys or suburban guys. Some of us are rural guys. And here's what I would really say. Um, our good buddies, Matt Hensley and Kyle Bierman have written a book called Replanting Rural Churches. Yes. And if you're a rural guy, grab that book and read and think about it. But you might ask yourself a question, where did I grow up? Or where have I always wanted to live? Like what kind of pace of life do I want? What, where are we as a family right now? Do we have young kids, little kids? Do we need a Walmart or a Kmart's or, or a Popeye's chicken? Are we okay with just a diner? That sort of thing. You just got to know your context. And then you think about geographic location. Where might God send us? I, I would think one of the things that is typically true is we tend to stay within a, a geographical region of where we grew up most often. We might move three or four states away, but it's very rare for me just to pick up and move all the way across the country because it's a completely different location, a different kind of life, a different kind of attitude, all those things. It does happen. I'm not saying it doesn't, but it often doesn't. And so think about that with your spouse. If you're married, think about your history, where your family is, where they're from. If you have kids, you're going to want to be 
maybe within driving distance of your grandparents, of their grandparents, of your folks, of some other relatives. You want to think about holidays, all those sorts of things. Or you may just think, man, I, I have always had a passion for the frontier areas. And so you think, man, I want to go out to Montana or Idaho or Wyoming or something like that. But let God speak into that. Do a lot of research. Think about the places where you might want to go. I, I remember I was a youth pastor, Jimbo, and had some connections with uh, some guys that were went to a larger church and knew some other guys that went to larger churches. And so I had a pretty extensive understanding of what a large church youth ministry is like, particularly in the South. And so that was back in the glory days when you gave pizza feeds and concerts and give bikes away and all that kind of stuff. I got a call because I had grown up in a large church youth ministry and an intern there. I got a call from a pastor in Anchorage, Alaska, mm. who wanted us to come interview in Alaska. Okay. So I'm not a hunter. I like to fish, those sorts of things. But I remember he sent us a book about Alaska and we looking, Barb and I started looking through that book. And I remember very clearly Barb said, I am not moving to Alaska. <laughs> so guess what? We didn't move to Alaska, but context is important. So you got to think about that. Yeah, my wife said she wanted to be in any state in the Southeast other than Florida. <laughs> and look at you now. And here we are, Floridians. Okay. So one of the things I think would be helpful when you, if you haven't taken a survey already, when you take the survey, the very last question that we have on there says, is there anything else you would like us to know? That's an optional one. You don't have to fill it out. But if you have a particular context that you're going, just, just ask whatever questions you have there. You could say, are there any replants or who would I say, who would I talk to about finding a replant in St. Louis, Missouri? And mm -hmm. if that's where you want to be. And if you'll put that in there, when we see that, I'll do everything I can to connect you to the right people. Now, I don't know what replant opportunities are out there all across the country, but between me and Bob and others on the NAM replant team, we can probably connect you to the right denominational worker that's going to know what opportunities are out there for you. And so if you can put that in there on that final question or anything like that you want to help connecting with the right people, then I, I can't promise you anything, but we can gladly try to help connect you with the right people. It's a great segue to the next point, Jimbo, with if you're looking for a replant, you need to connect with local partners. So you've identified the context, maybe you discern the, the locale. There are associational leaders, state convention leaders, even some seminary professors, folks that are in particular locations, that's really key for you. So nobody knows better what churches are in need of pastors and replanters than the associational missional strategists. And so if you can get in contact with them and you can reach out, there's some ways to do that, but find the associational leaders. One of the easiest things, you might just go to the state convention in the state that you're considering, and you might contact the revitalization leader and simply say, hey, I know you have connections across the state, or maybe there's several regional guys that work with the state, and you simply say, are there some churches in this particular area uh, of your state? Or if you get 
come in contact with the association leader. Hey, association leader, are there any churches in your local association that need to be replanted? They'll absolutely have some in mind. I guarantee it. The great thing is if you've taken this survey and you're able to share that with them, they're able to understand and see uh, where your strong areas are and where your areas of growth are. And in many ways, and many times, we've worked with these guys to help them understand how to, how to think about helping replanters acclimate to a new position. We've equipped them to work with the local church to get it set up for a replanter. And so we've got a lot of partners across uh, all of North America and even some into Canada who understand what replanting is more so than when I was replanting. So I'm super pumped. So the good news is we can help you make some connections. Now that connection is an introduction. It's not a placement. And so you still have to understand that this is an opportunity for you to introduce yourself to the, the association leader or the state convention leader and begin a longer conversation. And I think if you can do that and connect with local partners, it's really going to help you. Yeah. I think one of the hardest parts about trying to find your way into a replant where it really varies so differently from being a church planter and feeling called to plant a church. If I feel called to plant a church in a particular community, man, I can literally start today. If I feel called to plant a church in St. Louis, Missouri, and I live in St. Louis, Missouri, like you, then it's as simple as far as starting today as starting a prayer walk, going and meeting people, sharing the gospel, starting a small group and seeing where God takes it. But I know for me, we felt called to replant. We didn't know that word yet, but we knew we, my wife and I both felt affirmed that God was calling us to go to a dying church in an urban area, in a transitioning community, and it be under the foster care of a larger church for a season and see God do mighty things through the gospel. That's what we knew. I mean, we knew that clearly. That's what God was calling us to. But Bob, it was over a year before we were given that opportunity. And I put my res I didn't put my resume out for a while. I really just wanted God to give it to me on a silver platter and for me not to put my resume out and I didn't mysterious phone call or email. Hey, yeah. yeah. Honestly, I did. Here's what it was. I did not want the opportunity to make the wrong choice. I, mm. I didn't, I did not want to choose to go to the wrong church. I wanted it to be abundantly clear that God was calling us there. And in my mind, that was the way to do it was just to pray and ask God to just deliver it. And for some people that may happen, but it did not happen for us. And so some mentors and people who love me challenged me and said, Hey, I, we affirm that God is putting this calling on your life. We think you need to take the step of faith of putting your resume out there and seeing what happens. Now, some people may feel differently about that. I know people who feel like you should never put your resume out. And I know people who feel like you should always put your resume out. And so wherever you feel in your conscience, you follow what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. But we yeah. felt called to put our resume out. And so I literally just sent my resume to the state convention of every Southeast state and even some outside of the Southeast. Cause I did ask my wife, how do you feel about that? She was not real comfortable getting outside of the Southeast. 
because of culturally, you get outside of the Southeast, it's just a different culture. And both of us grew up in the Southeast and we just didn't know what, what that would mean. We did put some feelers out there in some other States as well. And I did get a lot of kind of random calls from random churches, but none of them were specifically what we knew God was calling us to into an urban context with a transitioning church. And honestly, Bob, here's one of the things that I dealt with was I wanted to control it. And mm-hmm. finally I felt like I just needed to release it and I just needed to forget it and just let God do what he is going to do. And so I let go. And it was a couple of months later that I got a phone call from Hibernia Baptist church in Fleming Island. And they described exactly what we knew God was calling us to in, in an urban area, a transitioning community. We would be fostered by them And so we came down and man, through a whole long story, I could tell you, God just confirmed that this is exactly where he was calling us. And I'm so glad that he confirmed it in that way, because when it was very difficult, it was good to know that this is where God called us, but you got to be patient because this is not probably going to be a quick process. Yeah, you're right. That's the last point. And you just got to commit to patiently wait and prayerfully wait. Your story, the way you told it, is one that I see over and over again, is people who are pursuing a good thing and desiring a good thing and wanting that to be delivered to them right now. And if you look at how God prepares somebody for ministry, there's usually a desert or wilderness or preparation process. Moses went to the desert. Jesus apprenticed in the woodshop. There's this preparation that takes place. Timothy traveled with Paul for a while. And you just got to understand that the waiting time is not wasted time. And so here's what I would say to the person who's waiting to find that next ministry location, particularly that replant. Do everything you can do to get yourself healthy physically, mentally, spiritually, relationally. And make sure that's solid. Because one of the things that we know, that you and I both know, is that the first three years of a replant will attack you on each of those dimensions of your life. Mm. Like, you're going to get nailed, right? You're going to get nailed. You're going to gain weight. Your marriage is going to be strained. You're going to think that you've made the worst mistake of your life. You're going to be stressed and depressed and all those sorts of things. So it's this is it's like training for... Uh, a tough mutter, all right, <laughs> that never ends. <laughs> Just, you got to be in shape, bro. Like you and you, everybody's got to be in shape and you got to be clear and ready to roll. And it's going to be a long slog. So I just want to tell you, don't waste your waiting time mm. and enjoy it. And then particularly enjoy this. Enjoy every Saturday night that you just have free without that sermon hanging over you. And then all of the responsibilities of Sunday and then Monday coming back around and you realize in Monday that you got to write another sermon and you got to lead for another week at the church because that's a grind. And so don't despise your downtime, your waiting time, use it to be prepared, prepare in every way possible that you can. And then just realize, I think like you did, you guys had a pretty clear picture about what you felt the Lord was calling you to. And here's the reality. That church wasn't ready for you when you were ready to be a replanter. Mm-hmm. And so that church, God's doing a work on that church and he's doing a work in you. 
And then when it's the right time, he brings you together. And I know, man, I know that sounds super spiritual. I know it's kind of mystical and all those sorts of things, but it's really true. And you've just got to trust in the sovereignty of God and that he's faithful and he's going to, he's going to take you where he wants you to go. And so I just want to encourage you, Replanter, if you're out there just struggling and thinking, man, nobody's ever going to call, um, just rest in, in God's timing in that and trust him in that. And I, I guarantee you, he's going to be faithful to you. Excellent. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Do us a favor. If you did go to whatever service you listen to this on and leave us a review that helps us get the word out and let other people know that we have this podcast and like it, share it on your social media, help us get the word out. Also let us know what questions you have. We'd love to make sure that we're answering the questions you want answered. Maybe even bring you onto the podcast with us. Hope you guys have a great day. See you again soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.